The keys in the magic lamp had scampered down the stairs after lettuce. Emily followed hastily and found them dancing around in front of the curious cabinets, giggling. She couldn't see what they found so funny. She wasn't even sure that the keys could giggle. What's the joke? she asked the magic lamp. We are celebrating, replied the lamp. It's a big day when the key opens one of the drawers. Emily crouched so that she was on the same level as the keys. You don't feel like opening any more of the drawers, do you? she asked hopefully. The keys all stopped jumping up and down and turned to face her. Think of all those fairies who long to have their wings back, especially Buster. The keys looked as solemn as only ironmongery can. No, said the magic lamp, who had become spokesperson for the keys. It doesn't work like that. I thought you, Emily Vole, of all people, would understand. But I don't, said Emily. It's simple. They just need to open the drawers. That's what keys do, open things. There was an uncomfortable silence. Then, with an air of injured pride, the magic lamp, followed by a single file of keys, walked back up the stairs. Emily stared out of the shop window and thought to herself that being keeper of the keys wasn't all it was cracked up to be. She was just about to join the others when she saw a small dog. It was making leaps in the snow in an effort to reach the shop door. Emily went outside. The little fellow had huge chunks of snow frozen to its fur. She lifted him up and brushed him down. His name tag read, Donut. Emily ran back inside and up the stairs to the living room, clutching the first breakthrough in the murder of Sir Walter Cross. Look who I found, she said. If it's another aunt, I don't want to know, said Buster, his nose still in a comic. It's Donut, said Emily, taking the poor frozen hound to the fire and popping him down on the rug. The second that Donut saw Fidget, he started to bark as if his life depended on it. Oh, for goodness sake, quiet, Bonzo, said Buster. Luff, growl, luff, said Fidget. Donut stopped in mid-bark. Emily and Buster looked at Fidget. You speak dog, said Buster. Only a smattering, said Fidget modestly. All cats have to have the basics. It comes with the nine lives package. What did you say to him? asked Emily. Put a fishbone in it. Can he tell us what happened to Sir Walter Cross? At the mention of his master's name, Donut was up on all fours, tail wagging, nose pointed. He stared at the living room door, head on one side, as if he expected his master to walk through it at any minute. Sir Walter's not coming back, said Emily, and tried to comfort him. He won't understand, said Buster. You don't speak dog. Donut looked at Buster and Emily was certain that she saw a glint in the dog's eye, a not altogether friendly glint. Then the little chap jumped into the air, landed on the carpet, and rolled over dead. Oh no, said Emily, bending over him. Donut was lying on his side, his whole body stiff, his paws outstretched. You don't think he's died of cold? No, my little ducks, said Fidget. I think he's trying to tell us something. At that, Donut sprang to life and did the whole show over again, this time with an added woof as he jumped up in the air. I bet it's to do with how Sir Walter died, said Emily. Fidget, just how much dog do you speak?
I can say go away or I will scratch your eyes out and do you really want to fight a furious cat with claws and put a fishbone in it? That's all the dog I know, apart from having a natural caution regarding the canine race itself. That doesn't help much, said Emily. But Fidget's right. He's trying to tell us something. I read in one of my books that important witnesses are put into protection programmes. That's what we need to do. Donut knows who the murderer is. Humans, sighed Buster. They think they understand dogs and they don't. Donut growled at him. Emily picked up the little chap and stroked him. He seems to understand you very well indeed, she said. There is one.